Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music, concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. On the show, you'll hear from President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee, SCSO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau, and me, Jeremy Hickman. Sometimes we're even joined in the studio by the maestro himself, Aaron Collins. We're glad you're listening, so let's get going and find out what happens on this episode of Maestros On Air. Good day, everybody. Ah, uh, good day to you, Bill. Good day, Jeremy. A uh, good day, Bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm not being too specific. I want it to be kind of kind of general. That's good. Well, yeah, because people all over the world are able to hear this show. It kind of hit me that you know, what if somebody in China is listening? For goodness sakes. Well, they could still turn it on in the morning. Okay. Well, but my point is, whenever they listen, they feel like this is great. They're talking to me. They are talking to I mean? you. Yeah. So now, what would happen if they listened to the show in the evening? Oh, would they be confused then? Would they have to turn on like their grow light so it looked like daylight? I'm not <laughs> equipped to answer such questions. Jeremy, would you like to field that question? Because you know that's a big problem in the northern climates. You know, you know that people don't get enough sunlight, so they have like these lights to make things you know brighter on the inside. Yeah, to uh, to combat seasonal affective disorder. We don't have to worry. Worry about that here in the sunshine state, though. So don't no, we worry. don't. No, and uh, but uh, yeah, this is on-demand programming. So who knows when someone's going to listen to this? Yeah. That's right. That's the beauty of it. I actually like to listen to podcasts in the evening. Do you? That's know? what I'm saying. So I a do good indeed. day makes all the sense in the world. Well, maybe we should say good evening for our evening <laughs> podcast <laughs> listeners. Good day. <laughs> Ah, uh, good true. day to you, Bill. Yeah, but a day encompasses day and night. Right, 24 it's the, hours. It's the full day. That's right. That's yeah, the I'm trying to cover the full spectrum. And uh, you're doing a fine so job So, in essence, that. I am speaking to evening listeners as well. Right, because it is during the day. Good day. Yes, that's very yeah. good. I could say good 24-hour period. You could do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could say just about anything you want. That's right. Well, I'm Bill Trudeau, and uh, the host of this crazy show, and Eric. Yes, pres- I'm Eric Lee. Yeah, I'm, yeah. What am I? I'm like the color commentator, right? You're president of the board, for God's sakes. Well, I'm, in football terms, I'm like the color guy. You're the play-by-play guy. Well, whatever you want to call it. And then, and, and Jeremy? He's the man behind the scenes pushing all the buttons. Uh, I'm a, oh, I thought you were going to say pushing the broom. I'm the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually... Uh, yeah, heads this bad boy up. I mean, he's the guy not just behind the scenes; he's part of the show. But yeah, it's uh, he. And we are in the uh, Peak Velocity World Headquarters studio, which is very clean. It looks like you did just sweep, you know, before we got here. Yeah, it's Jeremy's company, ladies and gentlemen. It's very Jeremy's uh, company. It's very good, and it looks very good in here. You must have just swept before we got here. Uh, I did. I did. <laughs> See what I tell you? You're very observant. <laughs> I didn't just, you know, fall off the turnip truck. You no, know? you didn't. It's going to be epic. Yeah, well, we have quite a uh, weekend coming up, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have a quite a weekend coming up. Bill was so nice to bring in the program, so uh, I can look at that. It looks very good. So all the people that will be going to the concert uh, will uh, see the program. So uh, it looks good. Why are you handing me the program? <laughs> so you can look at it. 
I looked at it before we started recording. I know, so. but I like to get your, your immediate reaction. I'm the kind of guy, like, when I give somebody something, like a present, or I'm going to give some information, I don't like leaving a message or emailing. I like hearing or seeing an instant reaction. So yes. what is your instant reaction to that program? It's a very uh, good-looking program. It's got a cover. Nothing looks misspelled to you? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. What's supposed to be in You're not an English major, are you? No, I was a music major. I play the tuba, remember? Okay. I'll take that program, man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I noticed? What's, What's that? that? All the fine quality establishments that chose to underwrite the program. Aha. Very observant. Nice that you would mention that. Yeah, well, I, I concur. Well, I talk about that usually before each program when I give my little uh, my little talk. I always say, if you're looking for like a new widget or a new gizmo, please patronize one of our widget or gizmo sellers in the so program. You, <laughs> so, so you actually play to the audience and play. You bridge the gap between the audience and the supporters. Exactly. The donors. The, exactly, the because underwriters. we want people to... Um, you know, go to our advertisers and uh, buy their stuff. You do very good. Do very well. You do very good. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying good for a particular reason. Okay. Yeah, you're the good guy. I good mean, you're fella. telling me about uh, not being an English you're, major. You're like a good fella. Oh, am I part of the mob? Is that <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. The other um, thing... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You, by all means. The other thing I'd like to... Um, interject that here at the studio jeremy brought out all these uh, starbucks cups where you were here he gave me the chicago cup where's your cup from bill my cup happens to be from memphis tennessee oh that's great and memphis then, tennessee what's yours jeremy uh, mine is actually nashville tennessee uh, wow. interestingly enough a place i'm going to be later wow are you going to tennessee i am you oh, sure get great. around I, uh, well, where are you going in Tennessee? Well, I'm, I'm flying into Nashville, but uh, then I'm going to end up making my way over to Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, how come you're just not flying to Huntsville? Well, Huntsville's a pretty small airport, so when things get busy, the there are only so many flights, so the ticket prices go up. So, so it's better to fly into Nashville than, say, Birmingham? Uh, Birmingham's okay, too. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> which boring drive do you want to make? The one from Birmingham or the one from Nashville? Well, Nashville's a little bit larger airport. But, I mean, I really like, when I used to live in Chicago, I, we'd drive down here. Tennessee was one of my favorite states to drive through, so. I like an airport with a longer runway, and I think the bigger airports have longer runways. The shorter airports, they have to make it a successful landing the first time around or there could be big trouble so jeremy i do appreciate the fact that you appreciate a bigger airport with a longer runway that's typically size does matter <laughs> that's typically a good idea to have a long runway <laughs> so the plane doesn't <laughs> crash <laughs> that's usually a good idea that's you're very true. perceptive Bill. size matters <sighs> i'm not even gonna go there we've had enough about that in the debate you know with uh that so I don't want. I'm not even going to talk about that. So Jeremy, how big is the plane that you're going to be flying? <laughs> flying on seven twenty seven, seven forty seven is an Airbus. Come on, it is an Airbus. On us. Yeah, it's an Airbus. It, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. An Airbus. So Airbus. Let's get this straight. Airbus is a European plane. Yes. Yeah. So you're flying European. Well, Airbus is part of the uh, British-French consortium. For the record, that microphone you're talking into was made in Germany. Yeah, but Airbus...
Anyway. Well, next time I'll try to remember to call in advance and ask them to please make it a Boeing. But on the topic of people flying around on planes with the Whiffed Poofs coming into town, we had a chance to speak with their summer tour manager by phone. So let's go ahead and listen to that interview with Julian Drucker of the Whiffed Poofs. Julian, thanks for being on Maestros on Air today. It's Jeremy Hickman. I'm here with Eric Lee. I know the two of you have spoken before. Hey, Julian. How you doing? Hi, Eric. Good. How you doing? Doing great. And also with us is Bill Trudeau. Hi there, Julian. Top of the morning to you. Let me lead off by asking about your participation with the group. I know that you are a performer, but I've also heard you referred to as the spring tour manager, and you may have another role or two. Yeah, so... I am the spring tour manager, um, so like I said, I'm, I'm delegating the uh, tour managing to people whose hometowns we're going to, as well as South America portion, but you know, setting revenue goals for everybody and, um, and just trying to make sure that we make enough money um, on this trip. And, and like, uh, so the, yeah, spring tour manager is one of my big positions. I'm also the assistant music director. Um, so I'm, I'm often, you know, I, the system music director is like not a huge role because our music director is always around, but if for some reason he is, uh, not at a rehearsal, I've, I've run a couple rehearsals and, or, or concerts where he, he has, he can't be there, um, for some reason. So, uh, or just conducting when he sings his solo, um, that's, that's another one of my roles. Um, and I think that's it, basically. I mean, I, I solo coach people, so if, they, if they're trying out a new solo, they sometimes come to me and ask for advice and, like, figure out what choices they're going to make. Um, but, yeah, those are my two biggest roles, I'd say. Well, in your, in your role as spring tour manager, what goes into your selection of the venues and the different cities you visit? Yeah, so we do have this commitment, which we try to honor, which is, to go to everybody's hometown throughout the year. So we just divide it geographically on, based on like what is somewhat practical. Um, and um, so like right now we're, we're in St. Louis, um, which is a little out of the way, but then soon we're about to hop, hop over to Charlottesville, Virginia, um, make our way south to Nashville, to Atlanta, um, so those are four hometowns that we're knocking out here. And then, like, a bunch of us live in the Northeast, so it's kind of boring. But um, uh, we already went out to California to do the hometown. Um, and then spring tour is typically where um, the group goes to South America. So that's that was always the, the end goal um, after... And then Florida is usually included. So not to put words in your mouth here, but am I catching a theme here that uh, you try to uh, configure the tour in the U.S. to hit a lot of people's hometowns and a few other venues and try to make enough money so that then you can fund your trip to South America? That's kind of what it comes down to for this trip. I mean, we're, we're trying to save as much cost as possible by staying in people's hometowns. Like we're, all 14 of us are staying in one of our members' homes right now. Whoa, whoa, all, you got, you got 14 people in one house? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's definitely cramped. It's not a huge house. God bless that host family. I'm sure. And, yeah, and how no, many days honestly, are you there? they are being, 
extremely generous to us. Um, we're all kind of on aero mattresses and in people's like there's a there are three kids in this family and all three of them are I mean the two besides the one who is a member of our group is are lending their rooms to us and we we have we have mattresses and everything um, so it's really it's a really nice nice situation because it's a good way for us to kind of get to know each member a little better like meeting their family and and like seeing their their schools for instance um so anyway but yeah the we try to save cost by um by not having too many expenses when we do this and then and then yeah the south america leg of the trip is just so expensive that that's kind of what it comes down to is like making money beforehand in order to to pay for that well, I can appreciate trying to save expenses and staying with a host family makes a lot of sense. Are you able to find host families most of the time or do you often have to resort to hotels? Basically, it changes depending on how many connections we have in each place. Um, and if it's not a hometown, obviously we we more often have to stay in hotels than uh, or just find different people to house us if it's you know, random connections one of us has or previous connections the Whiff and Poof have made in that place. Um, and to be quite honest, in terms of previous connections, the institutional memory of of this group is actually pretty pretty bad um, because, because it's a 100% turnover every year and um, the philosophy is kind of let each whiff and poof group do what it do its thing on its own and like um very little help is passed down one year to the next and i think that's something my group is going to change a bit because we've just i think missed a lot of opportunities because of that and um we care about the people that we we've chosen the next the next group already for next year and they you know a lot of us are friends with them and and i don't know we just care about making them giving them the best experience possible um so anyway we we often stay in in homestays based on those connections or hotels if if we um you know if it's a matter of convenience or just not worrying about trying to because often if, if it's homestay it's like three or four people in each place and then it's just harder to coordinate cars and and things like that how are you going to handle it when you come to Florida? Are you going to make a home base for yourself and then reach out with day trips for various performances, or are you going to move around from city to city? Basically, my well, the way I the way I went about managing Florida was for the first large chunk of like I started in I think we started talking with with you guys and around November or something, and that's when I kind of got started we're managing in general. Um, so for the, for the first couple months, my focus was not on homestays or where we're going to be at all and more just like, let's find as many concerts, um, and like successful concerts as we can. And, you know, keeping in mind that we don't want to be like zigzagging across the state because it's just a huge state. Um, but just in as much of a concentrated region as possible. And like, that's actually what, probably led me to unfortunately schedule two concerts 
two public concerts in Vero Beach, which I realized only, you know, a couple weeks ago was a problem. But anyway, we, so I, I hope to, to schedule as much in as small a region as possible, obviously, in order to minimize driving and, and maximize convenience and free time. Um, but when we're in Florida, we are, uh, the way the, the homestay situation is currently is that we're, we're going to split up half the group in Vero Beach because um, we have some stuff there and then half the group in like the Boca Raton area because we also have a concert there um, for four days. And then from there, we're going to stay on Jupiter Island, which uh, you guys probably know about. I, I didn't know about before I started uh, this this process, but um, we're going to be staying on Jupiter Island, um, where the group performs, seems to perform every year. You said you split up half the group. How big is the group? Uh, 14 people. What are the requirements for membership? Um, so the requirements are you audition as a junior. So you have to be a, you have to be a rising senior in college at Yale. Um, you have to be a man. You have to you know, be able to sing. The audition uh, entails uh, a solo, so just being able to, like, be a good, convincing soloist, um, singing as a part of, of the group, so they take, they give you a little excerpt of a song, and you have to learn that, and you have to blend with three other people in their group. Um, and then there are sort of just more, like, musicianship exercises, like ear training, pitch matching, Rhythm exercises, sight reading, um, warming up, and, and just seeing what your range is, that kind of thing. And then once you're accepted for membership, do you have to reapply each year? Well, no, because it's actually just a one-year experience. Yeah, so like after after our world tour ends, which is in August, I'm no longer going to be a whiff and poof. I couldn't re-audition if I wanted to, just because it's, it's a totally isolated year. Oh, so there. So it's just seniors only. The whiff and boofs. Yeah, just seniors. Okay, I got you. Which leads me to another question. Last year, we actually hosted two concerts uh, with the Spizwings. For those that are uninitiated, uh, what's the relationship between the two groups? Yeah, um, so the Spizwings is one of the one of the very many um, groups before the for freshmen through juniors. Um, there's just like about twelve or thirteen. 13 groups that are kind of in the mainstream acapella scene. Um, and so the Spizzlings are, are one of the, the very good ones. Um, and they they are probably the most similar to the Whiff and Poofs of any of, of, any of the other groups um, in that they are the oldest, besides the Whiff and Poofs, they're the oldest. Um, and they dress in the white tie and tails. Uh, like we do, and they their repertoire is somewhat similar to ours. Um, so I guess they're just like a, they're almost like a training group. Um, we have two Spizzlings in our group. Next year has three. Um, so they often do put get people into the whiff and poof. I understand. Then they are uh, completely unrelated, but it's not uncommon for someone to graduate from the Spizzwinks into the Whiff and Poofs for their senior year. Yeah. 
which leads me to another question, which is, is there a guiding organization for all the singing groups uh, on campus, yeah. or, or are they just independently operated? Well, I mean, they basically are independently operated for all intents and purposes, but um, there is something called the Singing Group Council, believe it or not, and, and that's composed of four people who are chosen from various groups. Um, and those four people, their job is mainly actually just to coordinate the recruitment process at the beginning of the year, which is very complicated um, for all the groups because they're all competing for the same singers, so it can get pretty pretty intense. Um, so that's their main job. And then um, beyond that, their, their job is sort of just they get emails from potential clients who you know, in, who aren't sure what group they want to hire, but they just want a particular, they want a particular kind of sound or something. And so they, the council forwards it to the appropriate group, or they just, if it's a general inquiry, they'll forward it to all of the groups. We're all kind of on an email list, um, and we can choose whether or not to, to jump on an opportunity if it comes our way. But basically, like, th there's no overarching organization that that really has an effect, like a management effect on the group. Like each group is, is really fending for itself for the most part. So it's a little bit of a Wild West scenario, but there is a, 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 a thin group that kind of uh, brings them together as a, a bit of a confederation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So the other question I have is, how many groups are on campus, and is it a fixed number, or do you have new groups formulating and other groups dying, you know, from year to year? Yeah. Um, so I, the answer to the question is, is, like, I don't know exactly how many, which is, I think, indicative of of the fact that there are new ones forming a lot, um, and also there's, so there there are 15 main groups that you hear about two of which are the Whiff and Poofs and Women Rhythm, which is our counterpart, all-female group, um, and then 13 groups that are for freshmen through juniors. Um, and those are, like, quote-unquote mainstream acapella groups. Like, they, there are a lot of different styles within that, but it's all kind of, like, music that you, that you, like, it's it's... It's not like a specialized kind of music, and there are other groups such as like a Jewish a cappella group and a, a Russian uh, women's chorus and like various like specific other groups that exist for you know a sort of a more cultural purpose. Um, yeah, well, that was actually my next question because I don't think uh, you know anybody suggests that it's completely homogenous, but I'm, I'm curious as to how much does each group uh, try to carve out its own you know cultural identity and brand, and by that I mean a a certain type of music, or is the the pool of music that all the groups pull from very similar? And, and the other part of that is how do you choose the music that you're going to perform? Yeah. Okay. So the first, the answer to your first question is, um, there is like a fair amount of overlap among the groups. Like there's obviously a lot of groups that want to perform pop songs and there are a lot of groups that are like performing classic, like Beatles songs, things like that. So there's, there's a fair amount of overlap, but especially in that wild west recruitment process I mentioned before, each group does 
put in a fair amount of effort to carve out its own repertoire, its own identity in order to stand out um, during that process and, and really show people who they are. Um, so that's, that's an important part of, of branding your group in order to attract people to join it. Um, and then maybe once the year starts, it's a little, once you have your new people for the year, it's a little less intense. But uh, for instance, I was in a group that before the whiff and post that was, um, it's called Red Hot and Blue, and it is different from most of them because it's it's really a jazz group. Um, and for better or for worse, like we we have to play that up or tone it down during our recruitment process, depending on on who we're trying to convince to join. Because you know some people are afraid of jazz, just sort of viscerally, like they don't think they can do it. Um, so we need to like make it seem accessible, or you know we we need to use it as a an asset. Um, in order to show people like how fun like a challenging jazz experience can be, so that's that's something that that my group needed to figure out in terms of its branding. Um, and then to answer your second question, uh, the way that the way that we as the way that we and poofs, and I think women rhythm. Um, the senior groups tend to choose their repertoire is a lot more democratic and. Yeah, it's a lot more democratic than the other groups. Um, basically, like, this year has been extremely democratic, and our music director has sort of asked asked us for, like, advice and polls us about what songs we like. Because um, I think everybody joins this group with a little bit of an expectation for the kind of songs they want to be singing, and he wants to include all of our opinions, all of our tastes. Um, so that's how we formed our bass repertoire. And then uh, and then we also arrange new things um, throughout the year. And that's how we kind of make our, leave our personal mark on the repertoire for our year. Other groups tend to be a little more, for good reason, a little more autocratic. There's a music director who is most likely a junior and he or she picks repertoire based on like, his or her experience throughout the past couple of years as a member of the group and like has a wide variety of experience singing various things and uh, picks like what, what they like the best. Um, and then there are new arrangements coming through most groups each year as well. But um, it's a little, a little more set out from the beginning, I would say. So the whiff and poofs are a little more democratic in their selection of music. Yeah. And I think that's true for music and it's true for a lot of our, decision making because because like I said everyone kind of like has been waiting to join this group or just has had their sights set on the whiff and poofs and because it's only a one year experience we we really don't want to like uh, you know silence anybody's opinion um, and and it's it's much less hierarchical than a three year group because like there's no nobody really has any more experience or like basis for being on the top of a hierarchy in this group uh, other than like the fact that we have a music director who runs a rehearsal and, and stuff but, like and a business manager but um well, ultimately somebody has to say this is the set list for tonight <laughs> yeah so that's our music director he but but before making that set list he often just asks people what do you want to sing tonight 
Well, speaking of the set list, I'm sure you've got your base repertoire for the season, but my guess is, and correct me if I'm wrong, you probably change the set list you know, on occasion, but in general, can you speak to some of the songs we might hear when you come down to perform? Because I know you had sent us some, some clips. Yeah. Like the first one, um, I'm Not the Only One. Can you tell us a little bit about that song? Yeah, um, so that's that's a song that was arranged last year um, for the premiere on that album. And my group actually really wants to learn it, but we still haven't yet. So we probably we won't be doing that one, um, unfortunately. But but the other two I sent were uh, Down by the Sally Gardens, which we definitely will do. Um, that's one of our that's one of our favorites. It's a beautiful song. Um, and the group, it's kind of a, a special song for the Western Post. It's, it was arranged in the 80s. Um, it was composed, actually, in the 80s by an alum of the group who was also in Red Hot and Blue, actually, on my, my previous group. And anyway, we'll be doing that for sure. And then uh, I sent Heart, Heart in the, in the cage. cage, right? Right. Yeah, that's, I don't know, maybe it was a mistake of me to send things that we don't know, but we don't know that one either. Uh, Two Coins by Dispatch, um, we'll probably do that one. Um, one of them is a new arrangement, which is actually not on the album, but we've been performing already, is Carolina in My Mind by James Taylor. That's something that I arranged. Oh, that would um, be great. Yeah, I'm really I'm really happy about it. So, that yeah, that'll probably be on our, our set list. Um and then uh, it's hard for me to say which we're going to be rehearsing a bit before going to Florida and I think trying to like nail down maybe two or three of those album arrangements that we recorded but haven't performed live one of them might be the jazz song When Funny Gets Blue oh that's a good song um, too yeah and then and then our core repertoire that you'll definitely hear includes um Operator by Manhattan Transfer, um, House of the Rising Sun by The Animals. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I'm gonna find another You by John Mayer. Um, I, well, uh, I'll be seeing you. It's a jazz song. Um, the Whiff and Poof song, obviously, we end with every concert. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a lot of hits. Julian, l- let me ask you. I have not asked you one question. I have a real doozy for you. It's a, it's a big one. He's known All for right. doozies, Julian, so <laughs> no. make sure you get your seatbelt on. I like trying to ask questions that I think the listening audience wants to hear. When traveling, <laughs> do you guys ever just break out singing to you know, maybe entertain like everyone else on the, on the plane flight. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Um, (laughs) we, we definitely are, we're definitely very singing people, obviously. So we, we tend to be singing in public if we're walking down the street, like not necessarily as a full group. Um, we also, obviously when we're on tour, especially are tired of performing and, and kind of need to take breaks from that. But, um, but have we signed in a plane? I, no, we haven't. But actually, my other group did once because we were delayed on the ground and we were all wearing our our shirts. And they're like, "Oh, well, we see that there's an acapella group on the plane. Like, can can you guys come up and sing for us while we're delayed on the ground?" So I, I definitely did that a few years ago with them. With the whiffs, we I 
feel like we've done something in an airport. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't mention it. You know, after all, this is a worldwide program. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean. You never yeah, know who's listening. I, the FBI could be listening. Right. 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 If you did exactly. something in an airport, you may want to think about it before you <laughs> before you talk Very about true. it. Very true. No, you're right. Um, Absolutely. Let me ask you real quickly: Is there a mascot? Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's um, the Wissenpoof itself is like a a dragon fish. Uh, it's like a mystical creature which was taken from an operetta which is over a hundred years old. I forgot what it, the operetta is, but um, that's how the name came about. And the mascot looks like a phoenix, sort of perched on a little branch. That says Wiffenpoof. Um, okay, that's where the the logo came from. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have good news for you. When you guys come to town, we've got a restaurant out on the beach, and their specialty is deep-fried dragonfish. We'll take you down there. Ooh. Wow, really? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But uh, but in a related (laughs) story. I thought dragonfish might be some kind of fish or something. Julian, (laughs) in all honesty, there is deep-fried lionfish. Wow. It's kind of like a dragonfish. Really Seriously, that's a that is a big deal. You're going to have to try it. Wow. You can't catch it, really but you can good. eat it. So maybe maybe they, okay. what they'll do is they'll get a lionfish and put a little fire sauce on it, turn it into a dragonfish. Oh yeah, that's yes. a good idea. Yes. I think oh, we wow. just created something here on the show. Yeah, cuz the lionfish is kind of a was it kind of a nuisance fish and they're trying to get rid of them? Is yeah, it, they're poisonous. <laughs> you can't you, I mean, you it will kill you if you go to grab it. But they're very tasty. I've never had a lionfish, so that's why. No, seriously, that's okay. a big deal. Wow. All right, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys are—are are you guys based in Satellite Beach or around there? No, we're in. Uh, we're in. Well, Satellite Beach. Uh, what you'll find is uh, on the Florida coast. There are lots of little bitty towns. So Satellite Beach is, you know, in our performance territory. The right. headquarters for the symphony is actually in. Brevard in Coco, um, okay. and so Satellite Beach is maybe fifteen minutes away. Yeah, we we do gotcha. most of our con our Brevard County concerts in Melbourne, but um, that venue wasn't available for your concert, so that's why we're doing it over in Satellite Beach. Gotcha. And then with the Indian River concerts, we do in um, in Vero Beach. We really like performing in high schools. They often have really like nice stages and good spaces because obviously they put on performances a lot. Julian, where does the dragonfish sleep? Back to the house. Okay, the 14 <laughs> vocalists, we understand that. That's great. Where does the little dragonfish mascot sleep? And what is the you mascot's know, name? That's I never always asked a mystery you that. for us. He's what? flying around, I'd say. He's never really, he's a mystical creature. He's, he's never really <laughs> with us on the ground. That's good. I like, I like that. What is the mascot's name? Um, you know, I don't really know, actually. I think it's just Whiff and Poof, maybe. Whiff, maybe. I think I'm in the Twilight Zone here. There's no name? Let's, name let's give no, him a name. He... We're on the show. This is a special show. His uh, name's Whiff. Julian, right? right now, we are going to give you an opportunity to name the mascot <laughs> live okay. on our show. Come on, you got to do it. Okay. Would you like a drum let's roll? Let's see. Would you we... like a drum What's that? This is based on a, a sort of jovial name that we often call ourselves as the Whiff and Poofs, but I'll call it Waffle Toot. 
So waffle toot the whiffin toot? Yeah, the waffle toot. Waffle toot. Okay. I love it. Is it official? <laughs> Is it official? Are you going to tell the guys? Yeah, I'll tell the guys. All right, okay. I'll waffle toot. I'll know that when we, when we meet you guys, that they need to have that answer. <laughs> All right. Hey, this has been great. We're really looking forward to seeing you here uh, in the yeah, very near likewise. future. Yeah, likewise. Hey, as we leave you uh, to go about your way in St. Louis there, uh, which, uh, which song would you like us to play on your way out? Um, how, about, how about Down by the Sally Garden, since that's the one that we're going to be singing. Okay, we'll do that one for sure. We're really excited to hit the beach and, and uh, perform in, in Florida. It's going to be great. All right. Thanks, Julian. We'll see you soon. Down by the Sally Gardens My love and I did meet She passed the Sally Gardens On little snow-white feet she bid me take love easy as the leaves grow on the tree. But I, being young and foolish, with
full of tears. Acapella music from the Whiff and Poofs. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I just want to thank uh, Julian yeah, for being yeah. on the program with us. We're really looking forward to um, the programs coming up. I'm going to go ahead and give you the dates. But you wanted to add something, I believe, Bill, didn't you? Well, I'm excited. It's history. We made history today. Yay. Yay. We did. We made history. That's right. We named their mascot. Yeah. Waffle Toot. Waffle Toot. Now, I guarantee you, I mean, they've been around for how long? Hundred years, yeah, hundred years. Okay, a hundred year group, and they still, for whatever reason, over the hundred years, never had a mascot. Well, they had a mascot, a name for the mascot. They never named their mascot. Well, we today created that name on this show. It's impressive with it? with Julian. He actually said it, well, but well, we te- dragged it out of him. Technically, he came up with the name. Well, I know. And, but, now, and for the record, we're, we're not entirely sure that he has the authority to Christian the mascot. But I think he just I, at least. <laughs> I feel like that just happened. Okay. I really. I'm well, going to stake t- my t- reputation. Time on will it. tell. Well, time will tell if that sticks. But uh, I, I say we go with it. I think so. I, I'll put money on it. Well, they'll be here soon during the concert. Let's get Aaron to bring it up and That's ask right. them. Okay. And if they reaffirm it, then it's stuck. That's okay. Right. So you want to put a little wager on it? Uh, what, what are we wagering? I don't know. We should wager something. A fresh, hot cup of coffee. I promise uh, you, I was just thinking that. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I was excellent. just thinking That'll that. be excellent. But Out anyway, the, they, uh, they are coming up. Uh, they are coming up. And... Let me give you the dates. Um, they're going to be Friday... April 1st, April Fool's Day. Wow. At Vero Beach High School Performing Arts Center at 7.30 p.m. Yes. Tickets are going fast, so be sure to get your ticket. And then the next day, Saturday, April 2nd, at Satellite Beach High School. And that's going to be at 2 p.m., so you'll get done in time so you can still get to the early bird special. Yes, and so, the early bird special is what it's all about. Am I right? I love a good early bird special. Early bird special yeah. usually starts, what, about 4? Ah, so you'll give or take. get there in plenty of time. Sure. So it'll be great. Okay. And then the next con- – I was just going to bring up the next concert coming up, which is going to be really, really great. Bach, Mozart, and Haydn, which is going to be Saturday – April 16th at Vero Beach High School. For performing arts. Right, at uh, 7 p.m. And then Sunday, April 17th at our old stomping ground, Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy at the Scott Center at 3 p.m. Wow, right off of the Pineda. Right off the Pineda. I know it well. Now, the thing is, though, we're kind of switching it up a little bit. We've got a, the matinee is at Holy Trinity on Saturday. It's not in Vero Beach. So usually we play Holy Trinity Saturday and then... Um, Vero on Sunday. It's a little switched up a little bit, so just you know, pay attention to that. Eric, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I thought something was different. I was thought, different. what is different about this? Right. Yeah, I'm we not did. losing my mind. You switched it up. We did switch it up. So okay. That, and you'll still get able to uh, go to the early bird special on <laughs> on Sunday. So. After all, the early bird special is what it's all about. Am I right, Eric? It is, or all, what? Right. It is what it's yes. all about. The blue yes. plate, plate special we used to say in Indiana. So. Ah, the blue plate. 
It'll be uh, special. Epic. Hmm. Well, as we talked about last week, uh, we've got a new season and we're unveiling a few new features. One feature that we unveiled last week was a new question of the week. Uh, So we posted a question uh, looking for answers and we now have the answer. Right. So the answer to the question of the week that Aaron brought up was... What was the question first? That's what I'm going to say. (laughs) I'm going to set it up. (laughs) All right. You know, the question of the week was, which Tim Burton movie did Danny Elfman not score? Nightmare Before Christmas? No. No? Okay. All right. uh, Drum roll, please. The answer to the question is Ed Wood. Ed Wood? Really? That's correct. Oh, I, I, that's what I want to... I want to change my answer. Ed too Wood. Late. It's too Ed late. Wood. <laughs> it's too late. This was an open book test, but once the test is complete, pencils must be placed on the desk in front of you. Right. So, Darn. Darn. So I'm going to bring okay. up the uh, question for this week. We're going to kind of keep it going because this... To be honest with you, I didn't know what the answer to that question was, and I don't know the answer to this one, but I do now since Aaron gave it to me. Who was the uh, composer? Who did the score for Ed Wood? That's our question for the week. So, um, And if you have an answer, send the answer to contact at maestrosonair.com. We'll pick a winner at random. And we'll award you a set of tickets to a show of your choice. And if you already have season tickets, they make an excellent gift. That's right. Give them to your friends. And we won't make you come up on stage so we can make fun of you. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I it think just we should. sounded like the. I think we should do that. It just that. sounded like something fun to I say. Sh- I think we should do that. Yeah, okay. All right. That's a good idea. Well, here we are again at the end of another exciting, wonderful extravaganza known as Maestros on Air. It was extravagant, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm Bill Trudeau. I'm Eric Lee. And I'm Jeremy Hickman reminding you, as always, we'll see you at the show. This has been Maestros on Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Episodes are available at the iTunes Store or at maestrosonair.com. Maestros on Air is recorded at the Peak Velocity Studio in beautiful Brevard County on Central Florida's Atlantic Coast. For more information about the symphony or upcoming events, like us on Facebook or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show.